Welcome to another episode of the AfriNuke podcast. On this episode, we have an interesting industry uh, expert. Uh, his name is David Arinze from Nigeria. And we want to have a conversation with him on his um, inroad into the nuclear industry and also how that interfaces with the various positions and uh, kind of offices he has held. And coming down to COP27, uh, it has been an amazing time having him around and also having a session in the nu- among the, I mean, how to decarbonize from fossils. And yeah, he's here with us to give us his mind on different issues. So please, uh, Mr. David, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Warm greetings, everyone. Pleasure to be here and to be listening to us at this time. I'm David Arinze, um, a marine energy specialist. I wear a few hats, but uh, for the purpose of this conversation, I'll just say that uh, I work as the global focal point. Uh, I volunteer as the global focal point for the SDG 7 youth constituency, which is the foremost um, mechanism for youth engagement on the matters of energy under the UN and the UN related uh, and the UN related organizations. So we support with um, policy advocacy, you know, youth engagement in achieving SDG 7. You know, conduct several capacity building. Um, initiatives, you know, workshops, trainings, you know, try to also f- support the facilitation of youth participation in global engagement and improvement, uh, and 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 also the facilitation of exposure, you know, for for youth in various uh, platforms, especially in places where their voices matter the most and where they need to be heard. Yeah, especially knowing the fact that um, 60% of the population of Sub-Saharan Africans are, are youth. So uh, this is a very key position, which we hope that um, uh, your time um, in it will be very beneficial for the continent. So um, this brings me to the um, uh, subject of where we are right now, which is in Sham El Sheikh, uh, having to host the uh, COP27, where we are. And this is a very big conference in the community for climate. And uh, I wonder, like, what focus are you uh, kind of um, having in this um, uh, conference? And um, uh, do you want to draw the attention of our audience to a particular kind of focus or interests, uh, as the case may be? Um, yeah, great question. So COP27, you know, for those who are listening and just hearing about COP, COP is the United Nations Climate Change Conference, and basically it is held um, every year where it mobilizes the um, participation of world leaders and various relevant development agencies, partners, research institutes, you know, and entities, private sector as well, you know, where we all come under one umbrella to tackle various issues uh, relating to climate change from um, biodiversity to gender to adaptation to financing to energy um, you name it agriculture you know so um, and uh, those who spot basically cut across various thematic sector tend to just deliberate and see how relevant financing can be mobilized relevant initiatives can be launched relevant projects can be can be can be implemented and also it provides a great platform for stock taking you know where are we from the previous cup what do we need to do differently 
or what have we achieved? What can we achieve that we haven't achieved? What are the challenges, you know, and how can we improve? For this COP27, I would say that everything that governs my life is really energy, you know, and so <laughs> part of me, I may have a bias, you know, somebody, if it was another speaker, maybe the person would talk from uh, a climate education perspective, a climate, uh, you know, uh, 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 maybe recycling or something. People would talk based on their interest and based on their work. But I personally believe that um, energy is an enabler, so it's not like an end product per se. It gives life to other sectors, you know. And so my focus here at COP27 is just to put energy and its related matters on the front, the middle, and the side burner. Literally everything about me speaks about energy, and so that's why I'm here to also further engage, you know, on matters relating to SDG7. Which, which seeks to achieve clean and affordable energy for all. Oh, that's very good. I mean, like, having that focus on energy is um, very key, knowing that energy is what keeps life going. And, I mean, like, what can you do if you don't have energy, you know? <laughs> You'll be as dead as and, and useless as anything. So, uh, recently, I think um, I, I can trace my, back our relationship started, I think, way back, uh, like, in 2020, when uh, my group uh, paid a courtesy visit to you in Nigeria. And uh, for Further from then, we've had um, a few engagements uh, where you had to speak on nuclear and renewables and, uh, and those kind of things. So uh, somehow I'm, I'm seeing your engagement with the nuclear community as uh, very encouraging. I wonder, like, um, do you have any motivation for doing this? And uh, are there any hopes for the future? Maybe, I mean, you told us you are a renewable energy expert, and mm -hmm. for sure, yeah. I mean, renewables and nuclear seems to have a place for the future in its energy mix. So, but I wonder, like, what's your view coming from your angle of renewables? A lot of renewable people are like somehow neutral to nuclear or anti-nuclear somewhat. So, but. Yeah. Please. So I would say that um, for me, my 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 interest, you know, in nuclear energy is one that is ongoing. You know, uh, and, and 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 when I say ongoing, I am I, I am on that path to seek additional knowledge. You know, and I've seen that um, I have experienced significant um, resources, seen various even projects that are currently ongoing. I take you to. Um, uh, a few months ago, when I was when I attended the Global Clean Energy Action Forum in Pittsburgh, you know, and ninety-four billion dollars was mobilized for energy transition from that conference, and at the center of the the the, the U.S. Uh, special envoy on uh, on climate change, John Kerry, at the center of his conversation was, we have to go nuclear. You know, wow. and so when a big economy like the U.S. says that we have to go nuclear, they are coming from a place, and you could see that they showcased various um, solutions and various projects that are currently ongoing. You know, that speak to the fact that nuclear energy is an alternative energy. Nuclear energy does not give out any carbon byproducts. The challenges that we have seen as uh, surrounding um, uh, the use of nuclear energy is this. Some people, people, a lot of people do not understand the technology. There's not even a lot of resources or reference projects that people can really um, point to and say, okay, this lets us know 
what um are the, the possibilities are you know and so even today at the at, at cop 27 we had um a, a, an event you know which was uh, organized by the youth for climate you know and um the uh <coughs> sorry nuclear for climate i beg your pardon you know and the whole essence was what does nuclear sit in all of this energy conversation you know and one of the things i pointed out was one people do not on um there's a lot there's an, an awareness gap people need there's also a knowledge gap you know there's also a need to granularize the concept of nuclear energy and if we do not um to make it understandable, to make it understandable for the layman, layman you know yeah. and so if we do not do that we would not be doing we do not have a disservice okay. you know in terms of ensuring that the general public understand the technology <coughs> and bear in mind that when it comes to nuclear it's uh, the, the the question around localizing its implementation okay. and also cost comes to bear you know and so most times you hear that oh x amount of and this type of technology is 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 cheaper okay. you know and when they talk about the, the the cost factor they also talk about the rapid deployment of the technology and that's why you see that solar for example in we have seen projects you know implemented of a one megawatt solar 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 farm being done in in in, in, in a month wow. you know and so but you look at the time it takes for you to build a nuclear plant just talking about years yeah. you know even even we're looking at even small hydros and the rest of them these technologies also take a lot of time so yeah. that's why i know that whether while we're trying to solve an energy situation yeah. there's also trade happening energy is a business yeah you know and it must be treated as such and so imagine people who would say oh i want to invest in a particular technology People are thinking if I invest in, for example, solar, I'm shipping in 10 containers, 20 containers, 30 containers into a particular region of, uh, of the world, and I'm sure that I can sell it off and repeat that trade. So if I put X amount, I'm getting maybe 1.5 or 2X out of that business, and I'm doing it again. While on, on the other hand, it is solving an energy issue, but it is still a business. Mm -hmm. And people must pay for it as a service. You know, and so in all of this, these are issues that are pertinent, that you cannot shy away from, that you cannot just push to the side walks. It's one that sits and is a very crucial determinant of uptake and non-uptake. So, um, having said that, you know, for me, nuclear energy is provides a lot of possibilities, you know, and a lot more action needs to be taken, you know, for people who are, are nuclear uh, 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 agnostic, you know, to understand the technology a bit better. People who are neutral about it get to understand better and take a position yeah. you know so but it's just that a lot of advancements would happen as we go as as we advance yeah, i mean like you've made a lot of salient points like uh talking about the uh shipping containers for solar panels and stuff like that it makes a very good business case to go i mean i mean like go into the business of solar right but um i think um 
you you made a very good point that uh, we should make it understandable by the uh, layman knowing that you know uh, we have different kinds of vehicles we have trailers we have ferraris we have sedan we have wagons these have different purpose you know like a trailer can move a very huge amount of goods uh, for a very long distance but it's not as fast as a ferrari you know so you can compare it to these um, kinds of technology but the public needs to understand that yeah truly you can get this thing quickly but there is something that lasts a way longer and can give you more base load um more base load um kind of uh, uh capability and um, yeah enable you uh, do more things yeah so um Understanding the uh, position you've just made about, uh, I mean, uh, and your hopes for the future and what we need to do about nuclear, but uh, I mean, like enabling it uh, in terms of business um, viability and stuff like that. You know, like, and working also in the in the youth community, knowing that uh, one time I attended the Denmark um, uh, pavilion during this COP27, and the lady who is kind of representing the youth for climate for the EU, she was like, okay, yeah, guys, you, you want to push forward an ideology, but you, you tend to exclude a, a, a set of people who are really like the lifeblood of any, you want to make any action you need the, the this set of people and so she kind of made a statement about uh changing the narrative from public private partnership to public private people partnership and that people component is a very important factor that um, a lot of people don't um, kind of consider and when you come into the people component there is this very important aspect of people which is the youth and these youths in africa constitutes the larger population of the people in this sub-region so now you have been the president of the sdg youth um uh, uh constituency i don't know the right word or the <laughs> the best word. i mean like i mean you clarify that so how's that how has that been for you i mean like being the president of that um, very important group uh, and a very important component of the united nations uh yeah i mean like how has that um journey been for you and both for nigeria and the benefits um distance to i mean accrue to the nuclear community in africa and nigeria in particular if that's so I would answer that question in twofold. One, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Okay. You know, but I am easy lies the head. Yeah, yeah, on easy lies the head that wears the <laughs> that crown. Wears Thank the crown. you for, yeah. for putting it in more perspective. No, yeah. You know, but um, 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 one thing I have learned is nothing worth celebrating comes easy. Okay. You know, so um, um, being on that role has been quite educative, uh, has been quite, you know, um, has literally tested my leadership capabilities, you know, because um, they're dealing with youths from different, uh, all the regions of the world, over over a hundred countries in the world. Wow. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a diverse uh, um, 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 group you have there. I know being able to ensure that you meet everybody at a point that is fair, you know, it's, 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 it's for me it, uh, an opportunity I don't take for granted and one that is very humbling, yeah. you know. But however, I would say that um, the essence of these groups is to ensure that relevant handholding is happening across board. You know, and as youth, you know, uh, one of the things that we're very particular about is ensuring that youths 
the nar- this narrative of youth do not have experience okay. is, is is addressed hmm. because because you know when people come when the youth conversation comes on the table, the first thing that you hear experienced folks pardon me to use that um, uh, um, phrase but experienced folks what the first thing that comes to the table is incompetence hmm. or lack of experience experience yeah. you know and and the truth is. Everybody starts from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. the 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 60-year-old or 50-year-old. I'm not trying to give any age bracket, right? Yeah. Or those who may call themselves that that may be advanced in age. Yeah. They didn't just start from. They didn't just fall yeah, <laughs> with those experiences. Yeah, you know, even them. if you have 30 years of experience, your experience is progressive. It yes. has advanced. Yes. You know, and so when it comes to youth engagement and youth involvement, all of this, one of the things we are very keen on is capacity building and ensuring that every topic, every idea, every solution is important. Should be heard. Should be listened to. We should. We should. We should have significant knowledge. And if we are taking a position. On, on it, we, it should be science based. Do you understand? Yeah. It should be technologically, it should be technologically proven or tra- 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 technologically driven. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so and that's that's it for us. And so one thing I'll say is that we've seen a lot of um, a lot of um, tremendous um, results okay. on the subject of nuclear in advancing the nuclear te- uh, technology, not just in Nigeria because, or, or even sub-Saharan Africa, but across the globe. It's still a technology that still needs a lot, a lot, a lot of attention. Okay. You know, a lot of research needs to go into it. A lot of materials need to be disseminated. The public, you know, and, you know, and I'll give you this example. About three, four days ago, I was in a conversation with somebody, and I was talking about renewable energy, and I said solar. And the person said, solar, what is that? Can I see a picture? Hmm. And someone would say, oh, somebody would have said, oh, you don't know solar, you don't know, and, and, you, are here, and you are here in COP, and you don't understand what solar is, hmm. but no. Part of our responsibility is to educate people that do not know certain things. Mm. Because it is in that education that impact is achieved. Yes, yes. So, imagine if a sector like solar was... There were people asking that kind of question in a conference... COP27. Imagine. <laughs> so you can imagine the kind of work that needs to go on in oh, taking the message home for nuclear. Yeah. Because how do you really explain <laughs> to somebody what nuclear energy is? You know? Yeah. But again, it gives us a good opportunity. Okay. You know, it gives us a challenge, yeah. but a good opportunity on how we can go about sharing relevant information okay. and how we can design and tailor the message. Yeah, you know, during the construction we had earlier today, I, I said certain things like you can call it nuclear energy for dummies. Okay. You can call it myths about nuclear energy. Okay. Um, what are the benefits of nuclear energy? In the myths, you can talk about this, the supposed negative things that people have identified that oh, this is why nuclear energy is bad. You can even have a column that you t- a title is nuclear energy bad. Hmm. Is nuclear energy negative? Yeah. And with that kind of topic. People, you know, begin to have very short pointers that explain why it is actually not bad, mm. and it forms in that process an education yeah. for those who come in contact with that material. That's perfect. You I know, mean, like, so yeah, I mean, like you're like <laughs> saying the, the length and breadth of it is like educate more people, and then people will like educate, but in the term, in the process knowledge. of educating, make it simple. simple. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's a very good point. I, I mean, like. 
uh, when you talk to maybe you, 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 maybe like me and I, I, t- I tell my dad, I want to work in the oil company. Mm-hmm. They quite understand what that means, mm-hmm. right? So, and that brings me to the conversation about fossils, you know. Mm-hmm. I think yesterday I was in the Nigerian Pavilion after the uh, Honorable Minister of Environment talked about our energy transition plan. I asked him about... Um, um, I mean, like, I made a question about the nuclear contribution. Uh, this felt to them like, in a way, they were, they acknowledged that, yeah, nuclear has a, a very good position to meeting our needs, mm-hmm. but um, uh, they were more focused on what is more readily available, what gas. is cheap, like, which is the gas. gas yeah. So, um, and this seems like, okay, uh, this is a climate conference, truly, yeah, we have a position where we need to, um, like, I mean, take care of the climate, and they make all the kind of declarations. Oh, be climate conscious mm-hmm. in whatever you Keep do. Keep the gas on the ground. Keep Perfect, the ground. you know. So, <laughs> I, I mean, like coming to a conference like this, fossils have had their fair share, and is seen as the available transition fuel for a country like Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as, as captured in our uh, energy transition plan. So, mm-hmm. what is your take on on this kind of position vis-a-vis uh, the nuclear option available as well? Like I said, you know, um, technologies are progressive. Okay. If you look at when the first car was invented, yes, or even when they started achieving mobility, it was animals and wooden carriers yes. or carriages yeah. that was used to carry out movement from one point to another. Yeah. yeah. And that advanced hmm. to where we now started having locomotive engines. Yeah. In fact, that was a breakthrough in technology. For you to have cars that can be powered by black oil or whatever sort of um, 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 fuel at the time to when it was powering um, 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 industries and even rail transportation where you go from point A to point B and you see this flaring happening you even hold hold videos and you see that they were glad you know because that was a level of technology advancement they had achieved at the time Mm. and the truth is it did not stay that way okay it has evolved with time. Now we have speed trains that are powered by electricity. You know, we have um, electric vehicles, you know, and all the, co- the, the, the technology is being transformed. Mm. So one thing I would say is life is progressive. Okay. There would always be technological trends okay. and there will always be technological, ad- technological advancements. But the developed nations should not put a lot of um, will I call it now? They shouldn't tend to want to just carelessly say the oil and gas should remain on the ground okay. for developing nations. Okay. Meanwhile, this is what builds their economies. Yeah. So we need to be now. We need to be. We need to treat everything with fairness. Yeah. If the oil and gas in developing nations should be kept underground then there needs to be commitments. Identified clear-cut commitments and financial estimates and implications. So, in the sense that, if we say that oil should be left, what ordinarily would we have used this oil revenue to do? And how can we ensure that if we are going to be keeping the oil and gas in the ground, have we identified a path for a just, inclusive, an equitable energy transition. Hmm. Fantastic. And so, 
because you would see certain situations where African, I mean, you, it's even in the news where African leaders are saying that if you even a certain presidential aspirant mm. for Nigeria was asked, they're like, what is your take on climate change? And, <laughs> and, and, and he said, <laughs> if the developed nations do not bring out relevant financial resources to fund developing nations, we would not keep our gas on the ground. We'll not keep our oil on the ground. Hmm. But he is coming from, an fi- from a financial perspective, yeah. which is not out of place. Yeah. So there needs to be that shaking of hands between while we do not want the earth to burn, yeah. we also need to be very conscious about the fact that develop- the developing nations need money to develop. Yeah, true. If you look at the pledges that were made even in Glasgow COP26, yeah. That COP26 that held in Glasgow. Yeah. Over a hundred billion dollars was mobilized for energy transition in Africa. Wow. How much of that has trickled down today? Hmm. The last time I followed up two days ago in this conference, I understand that it's less than two percent. Oh my, that's so like abysmal. So 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 and that's why even when I was speaking on 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 on, on, on the media, you know, on national TV sometime last week, I mentioned that they shouldn't one leader should not turn cop to a talk shop hmm. or a pledging platform okay because it's just be mere words no action yeah like many other platforms like many, <laughs> and, 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 and that is and this is not what this, yeah. this is not why we are here yeah true true if this is what it has been it's resulting to they would have easily just said maybe a zoom or yeah, a, virtual, a zoom meeting yeah. a zoom meeting and zoom meetings have breakout rooms yeah you know i would have been able to have a virtual experience for cop yeah, yeah. because bear in mind that we've had to um fly down from different parts of trips yeah. loads and hundreds and almost even thousands of trips have happened yeah to transport people to cop planes, vehicles, you know, there are loads and loads of emissions. Yeah, but we 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 see that those those emissions that have been incurred are like the lesser evil Compared to, to the, the actions and decisions that need to be taken in platforms such as cop. And if the expected actions and decisions are not taken, then we'll just turn this place to a talk shop. <laughs> Global leaders should put their monies where their mouth is. Okay, sure. They should back those words with significant action. Fantastic. And so if that kind of perspective is not given to this, developing nations would have no choice. Fantastic. Developing nations will have no choice. Bear in mind, we're just recovering from a global pandemic. Yeah. We also have the Russia-Ukraine crisis, which is ongoing. Of course, adding a lot of issues and tensions in, in, the, in, the, in the global economy. Hmm. We also have the fact that a couple of states within and, and countries, even across Sub-Saharan Africa, have been recently flooded. Hmm. Lives have been lost. Hmm. Properties have been lost. Livelihood has been lost. How do people recover? How do people bounce back? Hmm. We're talking about a finance problem here. Hmm. But again, to answer this question as I try to wrap up, <laughs> okay. African leaders also need to look inwards. Okay. Because while there are challenges that have come as a result of this, there's also solutions. We can look inward at opportunities that we can leverage on. We keep on talking about energy transition, energy transition. How many African countries today can boast of industries that are producing this equipment? Even if we want to go clean. Hmm. Or if we're even talking about, oh, the grid or also other types of... Uh, 
energy. How many economies in Africa today are producing transformers? Mm. Are producing feeder pillars? Mm. Are producing the distribution cables? Mm. We need to be realistic. Mm. Energy transition or no energy transition, Africa can be industrialized. Mm. And African leaders need to see that the monies that are coming in from these governments, or even if developing developed nations fulfill these pledges, money should be used as catalytic funding to unlock new markets. Hmm. Yeah. Because it is in that case or that situation that viable businesses that have been set up can unlock direct foreign investment. Yeah. Then it begins to make more sense. Then the Africa that we hope to see begins to happen before our very eyes. Fantastic. Because we're not begging anybody for money, but people who are seeing clearly the opportunities and keen into the Africa that we need. That's a very, very good, very, very good model, like, to look at the future and see how we can catch up with it instead of, like, okay, let's wait for the windfall to happen before, you know what I mean, like... Nobody's going to give us any free lunch. Of course, there's no free lunch anyway. So, yeah, we... And saying it from your perspective as a youth lead gives a very good um, concept for the future, like, yeah. On having understanding that there's no free lunch, we have to launch out and do the... The real hard work we need to do so that we we chat the best way forward. So it's been an amazing time with you, uh, Mr. David Arinze, uh, and I quite appreciate the time and the really great anecdotes you have made in this conversation. So I wonder, like at this time, if you have any call to action or success and uh, maybe takeaways for the community or our listeners mm. out there. Yeah, thank you. Um, Thank you so much for the question. I'm, I'm not the type that likes to talk about success because, um, you know, sometimes if you, if you begin to count the successes that you have made, you it's, it has a way of making you feel like um, you, you're doing a lot, you know, and, um, and maybe it may just make you feel comfortable, but pardon me, for this session, I wouldn't talk about successes. I mean, like, what I mean but, is call to success. You know, so yeah, yeah, to or, yeah, call to call action. To action yeah, you know, and so, like so for me, for call to action is I just sort of like to tell all this to every youth listening. Okay. That Sama, boy, girl, you have something to give. Okay. You have a role to play in shaping the future that we desire. Mm. The truth is, the older generation would not live to see the consequences mm. of their decisions and their mm. actions. Mm. Mm. We as young people will be the ones that are going to be left with yeah. these decisions and with the consequences of these decisions that they have made. True. True. And if we choose to take the back seat and think that, oh, there's nothing, that, uh, there's nothing we can do, there's a lot we can do. Hmm. And we need to take it as a sense of urgency in shaping our future. Hmm. You know? And so, as youths, we need to think through the lens that we are innovators, we are developers, mm. we, are, we are resilient, mm. we are intelligent, and we have a critical role to play in addressing the global challenge. Not just across energy, but at, across every sector that exists. Mm. And so think about yourself as a solution, part of a solution and not a problem. Mm. And see how you can begin to apply your wisdom, your, the strength of your youth, your resilience towards solving these challenges. If we do not look at it from this perspective, I'm sorry to say we'll be wasting our youth. Wow, that's fantastic. So every youth listening, it's not too late to start anything. You're not too young to start 
that initiative you're not too young to begin to think about how you can solve global challenges you may say oh you don't have all the monies mm. start from where you are yeah. you may say you don't have all the platform nobody has called you to come and speak on cnn mm. or, no, or, or nobody has called you to come and speak on at the bbc mm. use your social media as your own platform fantastic start from where you are you go for meetings you see 10 people you see 100 people start that youtube page mm. start that uh, that that program you can you can start from where you are it's free to start to start setting platforms mm. and when you go for any event or go to certain places tell people that tell people about what you do mm. and do not be do not be bothered about identifying possible advisors or mentors along the way mm. we do not have all the answers mm. we do not have all the solutions yeah but the truth is it is in your asking questions and coming across those who have gone ahead yeah that whatever ideas whatever initiatives whatever concepts you have ideated or created yeah. can be further fleshing out can be further um, uh, 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 defined yeah. you know or even redefined yeah. you know but youth we have a lot of work on our hands yeah. we have a lot of things to do yeah and we can start from wherever we are fantastic and scale the impact oh wow that's like very very enriching kind of um uh, final words there i want to thank you especially for having a time with us in this session mr david arinze and i hope that um uh, the listeners will be well enriched by this session thank you very much and i'm hoping to have another time with you in the near future hopefully thank All you right. so much thank you <laughs>